Hello and welcome to episode 146 of the Startcast, Press Start Australia's weekly video game discussion podcast. I'm your host, Ewan Roxburgh, and I'm joined today by my fellow gamers, Stephen. Hello. And Matt. Hi. Matt, you've recently returned for some time abroad. Welcome home. Yeah. Um, so tell us, Matt, how closely does Assassin's Creed 2 resemble the actual Italy? Uh, well, actually, it's a pretty funny story because when, when Assassin's Creed 2 came out years ago, uh, shortly after I went to Italy, so like six years ago, it's mm. actually been over six years since that's that's full on but yeah um i i went and to, you are you are italian right like uh, you've got a little italian bit. background okay a little bit <laughs> got the yeah. heritage yeah. yeah um but no when i went to when i went to uh especially venice um six years ago um you basically walk into saint what is uh saint mark's square uh uh-huh. you know the center of venice and uh you you look around and you go. I've climbed that building and I've climbed that building and that that building. I you know had the eagle point or whatever it was and I jumped off into a hay bale and and yeah. It's yeah. And then then going back, I think because they were doing a fair bit of uh, restoration work, it wasn't as yeah similar and probably because I haven't played Assassin's Creed in a long time. But yeah, mm. it um you you really you really get a sense for. Uh, you know how much effort they put in the games like that, especially when you're going to a, a legitimate place. Um, so yeah, that no, was really good. So. Yeah. Did you um? Did you go inside the basilica at Saint Mark's and like up onto the roof? Oh yeah, yeah, of course. Um, yeah, because that's that's definitely like some Assassin's Creed vibes there, because you actually kind of are like sit on top of the the roof yeah, of the building, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's even better when you actually go up the tower as well, because you got the tower and you look out and you can see all the Venice mm. and you go, yeah, that's that's really sick. So I didn't I didn't um, do that. I didn't go up that tower there. Now I'm uh, regretting that. Well, now now you don't have your complete map then, so. Is it is it true <laughs> that for an extra 5 euro you can actually jump off the top into a stack of hay? Uh no. No, that's not. If, okay. If, I guess uh, someone must have lied to me then. Yeah, I'm pretty sure physics don't work that way, so Oh, do they not? Uh, oh, no. okay. Um that's However, funny. it works can, in the game though. You can what? push your way through crowds, and and you know, I th- I'm sure if you're lucky enough, you could probably pickpocket someone too while you're there. So, <laughs> um. <laughs> yeah, if you're not the one being pickpocketed. Yeah. Um, well, this is all part of a new segment that we're introducing here on the Start Cast called Twitter Talk. And Stephen, <laughs> now it's your turn. You've been busy playing Crash Bandicoot on your Switch, according to your Twitter, Stephen. Uh, mm-hmm. How does it hold up on Nintendo's console? I mean, I didn't play it heaps on PS4. I've mainly just watched people play it, but I was kind of surprised at how well it holds up. It doesn't, to, like, I haven't done any side-by-side comparisons or anything, but just uh-huh. in and of itself, it holds up really well. It doesn't sort of stutter gameplay-wise. It looks close right. enough to what I think the other consoles look like. I'm sure if you're side-by-side, there's some, I don't know, some insignificant effects that are not there and stuff like that, but... Overall, it yeah holds up extremely well. I'm having a blast with it. <laughs> yeah, and you've already com- like hundred percent of the first game, have you? I didn't hundred percent it. I finished okay. it. Um, I've decided there is no way I'm hundred percenting that first game, and I don't know how in hell I did that as a kid. Why not? Like, um, <laughs> well, like it's got all these incredibly strict requirements, like getting every crate on a level, and some of these levels like have forked paths. And then you get to the end of the fork and it's like, well, now you have to go backwards down the other fork that you don't know. Memorize the layout, never fall, never get hit by anything. Also, That's the challenge. The, and then on top of that, if you die, it's like, <laughs> lol, you got all the boxes, but uh, you died. So see ya. It's like, I do not have time for this anymore. I, 
I'm very glad they don't have that specific requirement in Crash 2 and 3. It's a bit uh, more feasible to get 100% in those. It's funny how you do these things as a kid, though, isn't it? Like, the most tedious sort of mundane tasks that you could possibly do, you just kind of didn't ban I like doing it as a kid. Like, I feel like I complain a lot more about these challenges now than I would have done when I'm younger. I don't know why that is. I don't know if it's, like, more push for time or... I mean, yeah, it's probably that. And also, when I had Crash 1, that was the game I had for a good mm. month or two, probably. Yeah, and so, very good point. And you hear people on the playground, it's like, oh, did you know if you, in this level, if you run over the sign with an alien's head on it, you go to a secret level. What? You're joking. You go home, do that. Wow, I'm in a secret level. This is awesome. It's like, I know there's lots of cool things. It does reward you for getting those 100% bonuses. But yeah, yeah it's just... Uh, not going to happen, especially since I would want to get a review out for a separate site very, very quickly. And yeah, yeah 100%ing doesn't quite mix up with that. <laughs> yeah, not, yeah, not yeah, good for enough. Sure. Get out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm definitely going to have to pick it up on my Switch uh, when I get option. I feel like it's the perfect, perfect game for the go. Um, bit of a light news week this week, though, guys. Uh, I feel like we're still sort of in the like post E3 lull a bit. There's not a huge amount happening, so we're going to delve in some maybe some deeper topics today. Um, notably, we're going to be talking a bit about crossplay. But first, uh, since we've now officially passed the halfway mark for the year, I know, crazy, right? Um, I thought we'd better check in and see what everyone's game of the year was. So far uh so matt how about you do you have a game of the year so far uh yeah i i was absolutely in love with um uh damn it I, i've, I've been, <laughs> so you must love. really love this I'd, game <laughs> i've been uh, i got i got fooled by my own brain i was gonna try and say something really stupid and my brain just shut down so um so i'll just skip it and say now god of war god of war has probably been the thing that's held my attention the longest compared to mm. Fortnite, and I'm not giving Fortnite as my game of the year because that's uh-huh. not not a thing I'm going to do. Um, yeah, no, God of War. I was I was skeptical when it came out because I thought, oh, you know, it could be bad, it could be okay. Uh, you know, I I wasn't expecting a rehash of everything we've seen previously, and you know, being a huge fan of the series when it first came out, you know. Um, it, I think it lived up to, well, it had bigger expectations to live up to. Uh, and I think that it basically, it reinvented itself and it did it so well. Um, you know, it, 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 it really grew into itself and it grew up with sort of the generation that grew up with the previous game. So I'd, I'd probably put that at the top of my list. So Yeah. Yeah. God of War is like one of these games that I've been meaning to play more of. Uh, what I have played, I played a good kind of, 10 to 15 hours of it maybe at this point um but every time i switch my playstation on i find myself going to play fortnite and for that reason i am gonna say fortnite matt um which is i realize is probably flip-flopping like crazy because i think (laughs) last year i said that we couldn't possibly give uh um, uh, battle, battle, player on battle ground. PUBG, thank you. <laughs> uh, words. Um, <laughs> we couldn't possibly give that game of the year because it was still an early access game. And yeah, Fortnite is still technically early access, but I feel like it's such a complete package and it's kind of like this ongoing sort of platform kind of game. And I'm just enjoying it so much that I don't think I'd be doing any kind of, I'd be, think I'd be doing a disservice if I didn't say it was my game of the year so far. Um, 
I love everything they're doing with that game in terms of keeping new and exciting things happening and um, kind of teasing new announcements. And I get that that's all, sad, all outside of the game, but it's obviously supported by this like fantastic sort of multiplayer game that um, has like heaps of sort of metagame um, sort of rewards, kind of skill and learning, um, teamwork, that sort of thing. Um, and I just kind of love everything Fortnite at the moment. I'm obsessed with it. Uh, so yeah, that's mine so far. But Stephen, do you reckon I'm overlooking God of War? Do we? Does that? Uh, I mean, that's obviously received a lot of attention so far this year. Would that be your game of the year as well? Uh, well, probably because specifically of Fortnite, I bought God of War on launch day, and mm. it hasn't actually been open on my PS4 yet. Because, oh, wow! <laughs> um, yeah, so we're kind of the same, and we're kind of the same in that regard. So, do you find it as well that when you're like when you're reaching for your PlayStation controller, you sort of boot up on the screen, and God of War is right there with the disconcerted, but you just kind of scroll across to the right and hit Fortnite? I think not quite the same. I think Fortnite, I've I very rarely play it alone. It's something that if someone you know is like hey want to play Fortnite, then basically my answer is yes unless there's yeah. some really extreme circumstance but I've, I've still found time to sit down and play single player games if I, if I want to sit down and play something I will but the problem with what I've been playing is 90% of it's not from 2018 so yeah, yeah it's kind of hard to talk about new releases I think I was sort of umming and ahhing about what I would give Game of the Year so far, and I was thinking, I know, I quite liked East 8 on the Switch, I quite liked mm. um, Bayonetta 2, but I think I'm going to go back to Fortnite. Like, it's, I keep playing it, it's continually surprising me with new stuff, there's new weapons all the time, like I was, the, yeah. about for the last couple of weeks, I've been away in Europe as well, and sort of I came back after three weeks of not playing, it's like... There are subtle things on the map that have changed. There are subtle UI changes that have happened, like the little, instead of when you make a mark on the map, there's now a huge beacon that you can see on the map, and that just changes yeah. things immensely. Yeah. The, yeah, the whole event system. I don't know. I The whole early access discussion about it, I feel if you took that off the loading screen, you could call this a full game. It doesn't feel like uh. PUBG did last year, where it's kind of still needs some performance adjustments. It still yeah. feels a little bit janky. This for a long time has felt like a well-made, well-performing, well-supported game. And that is a very good way of putting it, and I'm going to remember that argument when people start coming after me. <laughs> here's, here's a question, though. Um, do you base... the like? I know that Ewan has bought the Battle Pass, which gives you access yes. to the Save the World thing. Um, do you base your opinion on the game as an entirety or are you basing it just on the Battle Royale mode though? Um, I'm just doing the Battle Royale mode because um, yeah, the Battle Pass itself doesn't give you Save the World. That's like a whole separate game purchase. But yeah, I haven't yeah. got that. But no, I, I don't really want to Save I, the I World feel, yet. <laughs> I feel like going off that merit is effectively you're only playing half the game. You're not playing the entire. But of that it. half of the game is so good, Matt. That it's is still, so good that I don't want to play only, God of War. <laughs> it's still only half a game though. Like that's that's I, the thing but, is that you like you technically you've got a game of the year but you're only playing half the game you know it it doesn't like it doesn't really make sense to have that as a vote when it's only half a game um, i think for me like i don't consider them really the same game like obviously fortnite save the world started off as the game and then battle royale splintered from it it was in the same game technically but like at this point you don't buy save the world to play uh, fortnite battle royale like 
I don't know. I, I feel like I could, if I was to give Street Fighter Five Game of the Year, it wouldn't be because I played arcade mode a lot. It would be because of the multiplayer. And I kind of see this similar. Like, Save the yeah. World is a different enough thing that it's a separate. Yeah, but you it's don't, completely separate. Yeah, in you don't mind. pay, I feel like you don't you pay to same... open it. You don't pay to open it up. That's that's the thing. Is again, they are in the same game, but you're paying to open one half of it up. So, I feel like that kind of doesn't work because unless they are separate entities in themselves because they're they're technically modes of the same game but you're paying for one and you're not paying for the other but they're the same they're still in the same game like it's it's still yeah i i have one thing to say if you get fortnite on switch it doesn't have save the world so i'll give fortnite on switch my game of the year (laughs) (laughs) wise move i I don't feel like there's anything wrong with sort of giving a game the game of the year nod um just because like based on half of it like i gave i i feel like i mentioned this bloody game like every episode but i gave the last of us game of the year and that wasn't because of its multiplayer like the multiplayer was a big component of the game but i was primarily thinking of it before it's uh, a single player story um so i think that's a perfectly valid thing to do is by sort of focusing on one aspect of the game if it does that really really well um when i say one aspect i mean like you know I guess a mode or I don't really know, but a a section of it that's a bit more substantial than just like the gun mechanics are really good game of the year. Um, But yeah, I I just reckon like they've just nailed everything around Fortnite and, and how different it is kind of on different platforms and how differently it plays. Like I've been jumping around between um, PlayStation switch and a bit of PC as well. Um, And it, it plays entirely different on like all three platforms, which I think is really quite unique for a game that is essentially the same between them. Um, I, I, I don't know. I think it's just really cool. I love like how much of a phenomenon it's become. Um, and Steven, you're so right as well that like a lot of it, I think as a distraction kind of comes from people just being so absorbed with it. And I'm constantly getting like messages from, from friends going, Hey, are we squatting up tonight? Like I've got a text chat that's lighting up now with about <laughs> like 10 people in it that are all trying to squat up almost every night. Um, and so like, it's, yeah, I, I just, I'm totally enthralled with it. And I get, I totally get, matt's argument um and i definitely yeah. need to get back to, to to god of war at some point but i'm just yeah totally enamored with fault with uh fortnite at the moment it's almost like i feel like i heard people say about destiny for a while that people mm. used it as a a medium to conduct it like just to have a conversation a catch-up while you're just doing you're sort of playing the game as a secondary activity and i'm yeah i kind of use fortnite in that same way it's like mostly uh-huh. a way to you know, when I'm talking with people online, it's usually text-based in, you know, 90% of the time, unless I'm talking to you fine fellows. But, like, talking with people in Fortnite, it's a it's, it's an excuse to call people on the phone, basically. It's a, it's a nice little thing that way. Yeah. I think, I think like, uh, Matt and I were playing last night, and uh, I think I might have asked him about his holiday or something, and we got into a gunfight. Things got really serious for a second. <laughs> and they were going, oh, yeah, so you were saying? <laughs> yes, like, that uh, happens quite regularly. <laughs> it's, uh, such, such good laugh. Um, Matt, what do you think, like, is coming out in the remainder of this year, though, that you've got your eyes on as a potential Game of the Year nominee? That, um, that's going to go straight over my head, because... Uh, the whole thing about going overseas is I, I didn't touch a game in a month. So, um, I've, I, I basically detached from the world and have just come back and, and everything. Were you away Um, for E3 then? Yeah. I I was away for the entirety of E3 and I, I basically missed everything, 
everything big. Like I, I saw the announcements. I was like, oh yeah, that's cool. That's cool. That's cool. And yeah. in, in all honesty, like it was actually kind of refreshing not sitting there and, and watching the reaction or watching what's coming out. Cause I'm like, I can get to mm. it in my own time rather than having to, you know, keep up and, and sort of see crazy, you know, unfounded, you know, hyperactive reactions to things that are getting announced <laughs> right then and there. So, um, yeah. uh, I don't know. Is, is Smash Brothers coming out this year? It yes. Is, yeah. It is. It's I, a big I'm, heavy hitter. I'm keen for Smash Brothers. Um, I mean, the fact that they've gone, gone completely all out and go, here's everyone. And then everyone lost their mind because it's like, here's Ridley. And, mm. you know, like there's still, there's still probably like, a couple of things they'll you know they'll still announce on the way or you know getting close to it but um i don't know i've i feel like i'm i'm keen for a new smash brothers so that that's probably high up on my list and i mean like you know the switch has got to keep itself you know going uh you know in terms of big name big name games so i feel like yeah, yeah that that fills it fills a spot nicely so i'd probably go for smash brothers um yeah Everything else I want, I mean, like Cyberpunk's not coming out anytime soon, um, no. so yeah, no, I, I feel like I'm good with that. So mm. we do have Red Dead Redemption coming out later this year, though, Stephen. That's surely in with the chance of uh, stealing some attention. Gosh, if ever I get to the first one and can justify jumping onto the second one, but uh, ah, Stephen, you yeah. got to do it, man! You got to do it. Remember this? We've had this conversation. I know. I, I, I know. I've, I've been away. According, it sounds like I've been doing holidays wrong because I was, yeah, I was overseas uh, during E3 as well. But I was sitting on the top bunk of a hostel in London watching the Nintendo stream on my phone. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> yeah, I was, I was up to that date. You've been away as well. Everyone's yeah. been away on holiday. Yeah. Wow. I've, I think uh, Matt and I were in Italy at the same time for a portion, but we we're in different cities, so couldn't right. have had any well, was, sort of international meetup. I was in Italy almost the whole time, so yeah, I was in Milan for three days, so yeah, right. not you were quite the same. Me. So nah. whereabouts did you go, Stephen? Remind me. Uh, where, where went through London, went to Paris, went to Milan, nice. went to Switzerland, and back to London, and came nice. home. Yeah, very busy what, what two weeks. You, um, what did you make of Milan? Man. um... Milan was amazing because uh, I, I too have a little bit of a, a Italian heritage. So it was kind of okay. just, a, it was really interesting how, I don't know, comfortable it felt. I don't know, some uh-huh. weird sort of familial cultural well, heritage kind of a, I've got. It's kind of a bit like <laughs> Melbourne as well, right? Like A little bit, yeah. It was a bit sort of, you know, qu- quite fashionable. It was really yeah. awesome how everything, well, not everything, but lots of stuff. You could feasibly go out at 11.30 at night and do things. There's a lot of yeah. stuff going. There's... You can buy you know, buy alcohol at a grocery shop, but there's no violence on the street that I noticed. <laughs> it was like, it was just such a nice place to be. And yeah, I kind of had that Assassin's Creed moments like, oh, look, that cathedral looks like something that I've seen in a video game. This is cool. I feel a little bit like a nerd, but I love this. It was great. Yeah. All right. Very cool. I'm yeah. getting jealous of you guys all going away on holidays. Um, <laughs> anyhow, sort of piggybacking off the uh, Game of the Year discussion, um, over the last couple of weeks, PlayStation have been copying it uh, for locking Epic accounts tied to the PlayStation 4, uh, preventing the same account being used for Fortnite on the Switch or the Xbox One. Uh, queried on the matter recently, Sean Layden, the president and CEO of Sony Interactive Entertainment America and chairman of SIE Worldwide Studios, said, quote, I'm confident we'll get to a solution which will be understood and accepted by our gaming community, while at the same time supporting our business, end quote. Uh, Matt, have you been sort of keeping up with all of this news? 
I have, um, and I think uh, it's time for Sony to face the music and drop the bullshit. Um, mm. There we go. I dropped it. I dropped the swear. Woo. Um, did you woo! Did you know that you can swear on the podcast now? Yeah. Well, yeah. He- after hearing out at the start, I was like, "What? This is awesome." So <laughs> what the um, f? But it's all right. It's contextual. Um, no, I, I, as a, as a long running Sony fan, even I'm starting to get over their excuses. I just want to play with people, man. Um, yeah. You know, like I. I you know we've played with PC people on Fortnite, which is insane because they are ten times better than what we are on console, because um, they just have the dexterity of ninjas, um, <laughs> and a mouse. But, yeah, um, that too. But um, I like I just think that it's a it's a cop out. I mean, the the technology is there. All they've got to do is open it up. I would actually really like to you know. Uh, it's the same sort of thing with like Rocket League. Is Rocket League you can play on PS4 yeah. against PC. Um, on the Switch, you can play against uh, Xbox, a- PC Xbox, and, and PC, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so like you've got a hell, you know, got a heck of a lot more players um, to you know to play against. It. I mean, it opens it up as well to you know like you, instead of waiting for a game on some things, you can just get straight into it. Uh, you know, there was that little dig from Microsoft and Nintendo about, you know, being able to play together. Um, Sony, like, you know, Sony used to be sort of the forefront going, oh, we don't, we don't do this. We don't do that. We do this, we do that. And now everyone's kind of going, yeah, Sony, you should probably get with the times and, you know, do what you used to do. So you've touched on a few points there that I want to bring up. Um, But first, uh, piggyback on what you mentioned there about, um, Rocket League. Uh, Stephen, do you think that there's a risk that if we don't sort of stay on top of Sony, that this kind of conversation might just kind of slide again? Because Rocket League came came out and this cross-platform play for it came out and was supported, but PlayStation avoided it. Um, and they, were, they attracted criticism then, but it kind of subsided and they kind of more or less got away with it. Do we run the risk of that sort of happening here that... Sony can just sort of distract from it enough that in time we kind of forget that it's an issue when they get away with it again. I do think that if anything's going to happen, Fortnite will be the reason that it happens. Like mm. Rocket League, it would have been cool to have crossplay between everything, but in the end, it, it's a massive game, but it, it sort of pales in comparison to the audience of Fortnite and it's sort of a, a smaller sure. game. People are more... I know, willing to just you never you know struggle to find a game on any platform it's it's kind of okay but like yeah Fortnite, it's it's just reached that cultural prominence to the point where people are giving sony rightfully kind of their peace of mind like this mm. didn't really happen with rocket league and i've kind of thought about it with overwatch as well like i wouldn't I don't so much care about cross play, but just being able to have my account sync across all of my various things, I would have bought a second copy of Overwatch on PS4 if I could get all of my you know, all of my stuff on my accounts on there, but I yeah. can't, so I didn't. And sort of same with the Switch, or same with Fortnite. Like I I want to play it on my Switch, but I'm just not going to because the people that I play Fortnite with are on PS4. My account is on PS4. I've sunk some money into that account let's say and so i don't really want to let it go but i don't know i I can see it's i can see playstation's business side of this like they don't want people buying stuff on an xbox on a switch and then bringing that to the ps4 so that sony don't get any cut of that purchase but i think it's a really short-term business decision it's sort of right now they you know they'll get the 
little purchases that people will get on PS4. They're on top. They've got a big audience. But it's I think it's sort of getting their uh, goodwill a little bit in that's like, I want to play on other platforms and I can't. And it's going to mean that when another Fortnite comes around, I might you know, reconsider where I play that. And if it's on, you know, playing it on Xbox is not significantly different to playing it on PS4 for Fortnite and probably for anything that comes out in the future. So maybe that'll just be where I gravitate because I know at the moment until Xbox jump back on top again one time and do the same thing. Um, yeah. yeah, that that might be. You know, where I start to play multiplayer games from now on just because I, I don't like Sony doing this. I will yeah. admit I was a little ticked off when uh, getting back into Fortnite, well, yeah, getting into Fortnite on the Switch and thinking this would be really cool because I like my car- my character's customization. I want to be able to transfer my e- EXP because I want to get the unlocks and then you're sitting mm. there going, I'm starting again because, mm. you know, Sony sucks. Um, yeah. That and especially because really there's there's no way, like once your account is linked with a PS4, you can unlink it, but you still can't use it on an Xbox or a or a Switch. No. I had the exact same situation when I very first started playing Fortnite, I played it on Xbox and I couldn't play that on a PS4. So I had to make a second account. I didn't really have much in that first account, so it didn't bother me that much. But now that we have, you know, Fortnite, it's kind of not just a main console game. You can play it on phones, PCs, Switch. It's like... People expect it to be everywhere, and Sony are the only ones saying, hmm, no, it's not quite everywhere, and yeah, it's not good. Yeah, yeah, the business sort of case kind of frustrates me in that I sort of get that they're trying, that people will go where their friends are, right? And there's hmm. so many sort of PlayStations out there that um, they can have a pretty safe bet that a lot of people are going to be playing on PlayStation, and there might be sort of like one or two people in the friendship group that are busy playing Fortnite on the Xbox. And they're sort of thinking, well, hey, we can convince them to sort of shift over to play with their mates on PlayStation, get them to buy a console by keeping it sort of locked, these accounts locked. I get that, but I feel that PlayStation should have a better sort of value proposition for players other than your friends are already on that platform. I feel like they should be, you know, hitting hard with the first party exclusives, really sort of hammering home on the value that PlayStation Plus offers. You know, they they should be incentivizing it more so in that way and Mm. sort of just kind of being a bit more open with the whole, like, usability of accounts and the whole cross-play, like... Uh, is it's it's frustrating because I, I, Sony are so sort of far ahead and and they've sort of came around really quite dramatically from the debacle that was the PS3 when mm. the Xbox 360 so heavily dominated. This seems like a real sort of counter trend to their sort of for the players messaging and everything they sort of did right around the launch of the PS4. Um, this seems quite backwards of them and kind of arrogant in a way. I think. And I think it's kind of um, ironic, like how you mentioned that they should bring people around with their exclusives and stuff. And that's mm. that's exactly why I p- chose to play on PS4 to start with. Like, yeah. because there are so many games that appeal to me on that system, it's become my default now. So, of course, I'm going to play Fortnite on there. But, yeah, mm. it's just sort of come back to bite me as a result, which sucks a little bit. But, yeah, I don't know. It's... I, I still I like Sony because they have the games that I want to play. I I am a fan of a lot of you know, Japanese developed games, which often don't bother coming to Xbox because it has such a little presence over there. But yeah, yeah, this this just sort of makes you rethink the multiplayer side of things. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, it's going to be an evolving conversation, one I'm sure we will weigh into once more on the Startcast. Uh, but for now, let's wrap up this episode with a quick round of what the wiki, the show where the hoster is part of a Wikipedia page for an unknown game, and you, the contestants, must guess the game. You can, of course, play along with home. I uh, play along at home. Uh, thanks to the official what the wiki keeper of the score over on Twitter at Jamie Penning. Uh, we get a recap last week where James and Brody took it on, and James convincingly came away with the points to extend his lead uh so james is out in front on eight brody's two behind on six steven you're uh on three and matt on one um so this is a good opportunity if you guys will close the gap between those two leaders um so when you're ready i will read the first game you guys all set ready steady go freddy bring it all right in the game, players control warrior characters who fight other players and computer-controlled characters across the fictional land of Adol, or Adol, to prove their worthiness for joining the titular peacekeepers. The game story is focused on the human development of the characters as they fight to find their place in the collapsed empire. The characters' fighting moves are customized in a combat deck of cards, with each card assigned to a move. Players earn cards, equipment, and weapons by progressing through the game. Slow Clap, a Parisian indie game studio composed of former Ubisoft Paris employees, began to develop its first game in May 2015. The team had previously worked on games including Watch Dogs and the Tom Clancy's Ghost Recon series. They began with the idea that combat should be, quote, fluid and, quote, dynamic, like a personal choreography. Slow Clap expressed this core concept with three internal taglines in the develop- development, combat is a dance, movement is your weapon, and make a move. The game is a martial arts-themed action role-playing video game developed by Slowclap and published by Devolver Digital for PlayStation 4 and Windows. And final clue, the game was recently included in the free PlayStation Plus games for the month of July. Any Oof. guesses? Jesus, that's gone right over my head. I had a few guesses that the more that you read, I was like, oh, it's not that. Oh, yeah. it's not that. Um, I got nothing. I, okay, all right. <laughs> got nothing? Got yeah, nothing no, I'm, I'm out, I'm out. So I'm thinking of instituting a new rule, which maybe we'll put into effect here, <laughs> that if you guys can't guess the game, I get a point. Oh. And, and if I have two games, that, uh, I'm going to be somewhat careful with this because I could pick some really obscure games. <laughs> uh, but so I'll be, I trust that, I trust that you guys trust that I'll be somewhat reasonable and fair. Um, but yeah, I'll get a point. And if I get two points, then I get like a point of the round. So this will sort of Ooh. like introduce me to the scoring a little bit. I think maybe you should start that next year instead of bringing it in halfway through a season. <laughs> I feel like most people have more points than you, Matt, so they won't have much of an issue with it. You get me? Uh, uh, I feel like you should take this to the the, uh, the slack before you actually. Maybe maybe it. we let at Jamie Penning, the official keeper of the score, decide. Let me. He can decide whether or not I deserve a point for you guys failing to guess the game. Uh, the game, of course, was Absolver. It's uh, a free, uh, yeah. available free this month. I don't know if you guys managed to play it um, at well, any uh, conventions. <laughs> uh, conventions in the past kind of year or two, I think that it's been. I think I remember playing it at RTX last year um, and had a lot of fun with it. Um, so definitely worth checking out uh, when it's free this month. All I'm right, sorry, game number two. Clap, I haven't played your game. <laughs> <laughs> The gameplay of the game is a marked departure from that of its predecessor. 
Combat, for instance, is much more complex, with additions in the form of abilities to lay traps and aim and throw ranged weapons. The protagonist has an improved offensive and defensive arsenal, with a wide range of melee and ranged weapons, armor, bombs, traps, and secondary weapons such as hatchets and shovels. Upgrades are divided into four distinct paths, an initial training path, which includes generalized upgrades for various core abilities, and must be invested before the other paths can be accessed, swordsmanship, which improves the protagonist's sword fighting abilities, Alchemy, which includes perks such as reducing the negative effects of potions, Matt. and magic. Matt? Is it God of War? It is not God of War, no. Steven, you get a guess. The game includes a stealth mode in certain parts of the game where players must remain undetected as they make their way to a certain objective. Players have the option of stunning enemies if the protagonist manages to get behind them, and the player may choose to mistake a less subtle approach and engage the guards in combat. On the 3rd of May 2011, Namco Bandai confirmed that the Australian release of the game would be modified to meet the MA15 Plus rating. The edit specifically relates to side quests Steven? Oh no, I think I've got this completely wrong, but Ninja Gaiden 3? <laughs> no, it's not Ninja Gaiden uh, 3. Nah. Uh, so until I, finish, <laughs> until I finish reading this, I've got like two more sentences. You guys can both still guess. So it's opened up to both of you again. The edit specifically... Sorry, I'll, read the, I'll start from this paragraph again. On the 3rd of May 2011, Namco Bandai confirmed that the Australian release of the game would be modified to meet the MA15 Plus rating. The edit specifically relates to a side quest in which the protagonist is offered sex as a reward for completing the quest. The Australian version sees the protagonist decline the offer automatically. The game is an action role-playing hack-and-slash video game developed by CD Projekt Red for Microsoft Windows, Xbox 360, Oz X, and Linux. The game was released for Steven? Microsoft Windows and... Steven? It's not The Witcher 2, is it? It is God The Witcher 2, oh, yes. damn. <laughs> <laughs> I was totally unaware that it was initially refused... Uh, oh, well, th- that it was edited. I don't know if it was initially refused classification or if they feared that it would be, but um, yeah, Australia yeah. got a modified version of the game. I definitely remember the whole furor about the modification and the reason, like how it got back in. So that's what sort of clicked me into it. But yeah. I completely forgot that Namkai Bando, Namkai Bando, th- those people um, yeah. had yeah, yeah. anything to do with that game. That completely threw me off. So yeah, hooray! <laughs> there you go. Well, Stephen, you managed to back the points there. And what's uh, been an interesting round of what the wiki so far? Uh, so Stephen, if you guess uh, the next game correctly, you will be taking home the points for the round but matt you are still in with a chance the game provides various characters called champions for the players to choose during the gaming sessions each of these champions falls into one of the following categories frontline damage support and flank being a team-based tutor players must rely on strategy steven? character knowledge steven paladins it is paladins <laughs> well done steven taking home the points for the round Hooray. well done Thank you. So, uh, Stephen, that steps you up uh, to four points now. So we've got two points just sort of between those uh, those three places at the top there. Coming for you, Could Brody. Be. Coming. <laughs> Better watch out. Uh, and with that, let's bring an end to what was episode 146 of the Startcast. Subscribe to us on Podcast One, iTunes, or any other podcast service of your choice. Follow us at Press.AU and visit the site, of course, at Press.com.AU. You can join the conversation using hashtag the Startcast. Let us know which uh, games of what, the, which games you would like us to try and guess and what the wiki. Uh, we've been joined today by Stephen. Hi, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Stephen Impson and also on Instagram because I've got lots of nice photos of my trip on there and I like them a lot. I'm going to, I'm so sorry I missed the fact that you'd been <laughs> away, Stephen. We could have had a lovely chat about holidays, all this other podcast. I'm going to have to go back and look through all your photos. It's all right. I wasn't I'm, 
super social about it, so I forgive you. <laughs> uh, and also back from his holiday and no doubt a little bit disappointed about not getting the points and what the wiki there. We were also joined today by Matt. Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at... Um, crap, what's my Twitter handle again? <laughs> is it at MV Zamari? So, um, that seems right. Uh, yes, it is. It's at <laughs> MV Zamari. And uh, there will be links to my Instagram on my Twitter. So follow me on there and then you can follow me on my Instagram. So Yeah. Did you have any idea that that was Paladins, Matt, that final one? Uh, no. 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 I, I got no idea what Paladins is all about, man. I had no idea. It's Overwatch on Switch with weird fantasy things i don't know i haven't yeah. played it yet but i just was like okay it's a it's a shooter with characters that have classes it's recent probably it's paladins done yeah yeah i try and keep them topical uh well done indeed uh until next time i've been your host you and roxborough you can follow me on twitter at you and underscore roxborough happy gaming see Bye. ya